We are the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. We got Canadians, ooh, Irish ones and Swedes. We're one for all, we're one for all, we're all. <laughs> Fuck. This week on the show, A League of Their Own. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast. I am your play-by-play co-host, the big and greatest Deck Boski. And I am his wife, Gia Smith, the G-ster. We're going to watch every single movie ever made and decide which movie is the greatest of all time. Today we are talking a league of their own, but before we get to that, last week the G-ster and I discussed The Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky. So please check out that episode in any episode in our catalog. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever app you want to use. Please subscribe and review if you can. It's very helpful for the show. Let us know what you think on social media. Start an argument with us. Agree with us. Give us suggestions. Come find me and kiss me square on the lips. Whatever tickles your pickle. Or of last week, whatever pickles your pickle. <laughs> You can find us uh, at the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, Greatest Movie Pod on Instagram, and you can always send us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still a cough. We would love to hear from you. Please tell your friends about us. Your stupid, stupid friends about us. And as our favorite drunk, former Major League Baseball player, now coach of a women's baseball team who learns to like coaching a women's baseball team, always says in Spanish, Estás Lorando? No, hey, Lanto. No, hey, Lanto, el baseball. Why A league of their... Why in Spanish? I just figured we don't, we don't do enough things for other languages. A League of Their Own is a 1992 sports dramedy directed by the late, great Penny Marshall. Oh, budget. Yep, the budget for the film was $40 million, and it made $142 million fucking dollars. It is considered widely to be the most successful sports movie ever made as far as uh, money goes. It stars Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan, Gina Davis as Dottie Henson, Madonna as Mae Mortobito, Rosie O'Donnell as Doris Murphy, and Lori Petty as Kit Keller. It has a 7.3 on IMDb, pretty solid, a 69 on Metacritic, kind of shitty, and on Rotten Tomatoes it has an 81% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 84%. So not too bad. I, 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 I like the 80s are good. Yeah. I, uh, I I definitely like the 80s. And now let me pull up some reviews. Let's take a look here. Some positive reviews. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, by Dwayne Burge of The Hollywood Reporter. Under Penny Marshall's spirited warm direction, the players shine. Uh, let's see. <coughs> excuse me again. Let's see. Another good one. Let's go with Corey Woodruff of 615 Film. Obviously a good movie, crowd-pleasing and incredibly thoughtful. We need more movies where Tom Hanks is just a wily supporting character spitting tobacco and yelling at people like a fool. Uh, a negative one by Jeff Brown of The Times in, U- in the UK. So he's English, so we'll do it in a British accent. 
Then comes the ending, or rather endings, for in common with many Hollywood scripts, A League of Their Own mercilessly drags its heels. Mercilessly. Mercilessly. I knew I said it wrong. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me. You're welcome. Although I was a very good John Lennon impression. That wasn't meant to be. It sounded it, but it was, I, I enjoyed it. Mercilessly. McCartney. All right, so let's go ahead and take a peek at what Rick had to say this week. We do our Rick's Report. Rick Barrasso, former host of the show. He says, great flick, Madonna's best role that Chris's girlfriend hasn't dressed as for Halloween. Hasn't so it, dressed as? So it sounds like she has to dress up as Madonna, Madonna. And, gotcha. as, as the, and the peaches. Um, 30 second summary, Gia, if you don't mind putting 30 seconds on the clock for me, and I'm going to go ahead and just limp my way through this. All right. This is always a pleasure and always bad. I so. know. My ending is going to be similar, so it's okay. Ready? In three, two, one, go. World War II times, all the men are at war. They decide to do a women's baseball league. It struggles big time, but then starts to pick up as fans start to really enjoy it. Also, there is <laughs> excuse me, a sister rivalry in the midst of the story, and all ends nicely with, hey, Adoras. Is that it? Yeah. All right, 20 seconds. All right. Not bad. I did my best. Um, Gia, this is probably a weird question because it's one of those movies that I think was just always there. Yeah. But do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? I do not remember yeah. the first time seeing it. It was just like always a family. If it was on TV, we were watching it. Yeah, like it always just like halfway through the movie, you just put the channel on and it's there. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to watch it from halfway to, to the ending or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's always been there for me as well. Let's discuss our top three scenes of the film. Gia, why don't you um, start us off with your third favorite scene uh, from A League of Their Own? Sure. Um, so my number three favorite scene is the scene where, we, like, they're kind of getting ready for a game. They're in the locker rooms, and uh, you know, their coach is chatting with them, Jimmy, and all of a sudden, uh, a guy comes in from the War Department, and just. Just so you know, this is my third favorite scene as well. Really? So we can t talk about it together, yeah. But yeah, so n number one, this is also part of my miscellaneous, but Betty Spaghetti, the one whose husband passes away uh, or gets killed at war, um, is the daughter of Penny Marshall, the director. Mm -hmm. and Rest in peace, Mr. Spaghetti. Yep. Uh, George. But yeah. George no, there, Spaghetti. There, is not, there has not been... <laughs> their last name is not actually Spaghetti. But, um, no, but... I don't know how much she had done acting-wise before this, or, or at least the emotional range of her characters, but I have not been able to ever, ever watch the scene and not just immediately stop bawling, because right. it just brings you right there. And, and the scene took, as far as I read, um, three um, year, yeah, years. This scene took three days to film, not three years. Holy shit. Um, it took three years to film. Pennywise was like, I just can't get it right. Um, three days to film, so it must have been really emotional for wow. that actress as well to get that... Because you obviously Penny Marshall's looking for like a specific, nail it, like nail yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's got to be tough. But that must have been really tough. Um, yeah, it's a great scene. It it really stops the movie in its tracks, and you're you know because it's very a very um, happy go lucky type movie. There's a lot of funny scenes. This there's some drama for sure, but yeah. this was the scene that's like holy shit. And 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 I think Jimmy Dugan at this point really shows his colors as a man. Yeah, you know, like just not. A careless fucking drunk. He's like cares about his players at this point. Yeah, I, I I like the fact that like the guy, but the guy comes in. He's such a dick, and he's like, oh no. This is so from the war department. There's like there's a message here that one of your husbands is dead. 
Yeah, oh. my husband's is dead. Yeah, he's like, he's so much like, when he huh, says it. I don't have the right name. All right, well, I have to go back and get the name now. Yeah, and Jimmy Dugan's like, fuck you, give me that shit. Yeah, so, but yeah. um, and also the you know uh, Gina Davis's character as Dottie too. Like you, you can tell. I mean, the majority of them, the major are their husbands that have husbands are at the war. So you can imagine at the war. At the war. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> in the war. It sounded weird. Um, Where's your husband? He's at the war. <laughs> it's like a place. <laughs> You know, the war. The war. My bad. Um, in the war, but you can tell that they're all absolutely terrified when he comes in. You know, one of them even says, like, Ernie. And then one runs out of the room. And yep. Gina Davis is just kind of, like, holding her cross. And she's just, like, praying. In the next in the, the, the next scene directly, she's in her room crying. She's crying, yeah. And then her husband walks right in, and it's like, holy crap. Bob. Yep. However, how he knew to find her there is pretty cool, but. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I mean, he... Was yeah, getting letters. From I mean, her. probably yeah. Like I'm, I'm here. I think, I think this movie takes place or the league. I think takes place mostly in Indiana, from what I read. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what is your second favorite scene? My second favorite scene is the ending reunion scene. Um, so it's it's seen, well actually I want to say the entire uh, all the scenes of them being older. Uh, so that's including the very beginning with um, and I, another miscellaneous uh, is I was convinced when I was younger that. Uh, older Dottie was actually Gina Davis. In makeup, in, it looks in like makeup. her. They did a good job. They did a fantastic job. And then I was so confused because she literally has her voice, but it's because she did a voiceover for her. But I, I was, was like... I always had that weird comment was like, you'll see your sister Kit, and she's like, yeah, and that husband of hers. It's kind of weird. Like, Yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. We don't know any part of their story besides this one part of their lives. Right. We don't know what happened after that. Um, it seems like they probably got distant because Dottie yeah. wasn't having anything to do with baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. And obviously Kit was like really like into it. And it seemed like from the beginning too, like Kit was the one who was like really super into it. And Dottie yeah. was just kind of like, this Doing is something to do with my sister and yep. something to do. And then like, obviously she later on. She happened to be so good at it. Yeah, that like, she, yeah exactly. Wasted and then, talent. And Kit's like riding her coattails, but she's really the one who wants to be there. Yeah. So. And she's the one who really, I mean, you know what I mean? Like she wanted to be there the most she wanted to you know she was practicing she that was just what she wanted to do with her life where uh Dottie was just kind of yeah just it, it, trying to enjoy herself but I'm assuming that we have these scenes flip-flopped because this is my number one really is the is the very climax like the very ending of all like them mm-hmm. getting back together at the hall of fame I do love that it's just like the reunion of everyone just kind of being happy and enjoying what's around them seeing all their memories yeah, is that part of your your scene too? Um, what is my number one? The Hall of Fame. No, your yeah, number two. Oh yeah, yeah. Number part two of the, the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. Yeah, that one is. Um, you know, you find out that like, um, you're gonna lose. Like his mother died. Yeah. That's really sad. And then there's like a, there's like a big cutout of her. It's in the just Hall so of Fame. funny that that actor though, uh, who plays older Stillwell Angel, we know him from like two other things, uh, Teen Wolf. Yeah. Where he what was his name? Chubbs. Fat, fat boy. Basically, fat but ass. his name was Chubbs. And, uh, hey, Chubbs. That's so fucked up. But anyway, not the point. Um, and then Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yep. Those are like the two things that I hey, know from. Hey, Pee-wee. Yep. He's I had a very guy. interesting career uh, yes. in, the, in the 80s and early 90s. Um, but yeah, that whole Hall of Fame is, is uh, really fun. It's really, it's nice to see Dottie kind of like smiling because she's like, she only played one season. Yeah. You know, she's there and, and, and then she sees Kit and the family and she gets excited. They have these big smiles on their faces, mm-hmm. the big hug. It's really, really sweet. It is really sweet. <laughs> it's nice to see, like, old May and old uh, Dottie, uh, not Dottie, I'm sorry, Doris. Still friends. Yep. 
and uh, it's nice to see everybody. It's a really nice scene. Yeah. I mean, the movie's only like two hours Very or so, and it still does its job, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's my number one. So what was your number two? My number two is actually the the, and I'm sure this is your number one is the last game. Yeah. And the last, so this is like my number two. <clears throat> I love that. The drama of it all. The drama of it all. Jimmy Dugan's like really, really, really into his team now. Finally, like so. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. He throws the. He throws the. There's the mix. Stay well, Angel. Do you want to come in the dugout? You want to stay out here? You want to come in the dugout? Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. You think they're gonna win, and then at the very, very end, they just lose it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kit goes for it. You know, the famous line, uh, Henson drops the ball. Hen- oh, and uh, I also, I was going to say, yep, that's Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, and of course, Penny Marshall, uh, obviously friends with him. And also was married to Rob Reiner at the time. And Another famous director. Who also directed This Is Final Tap with yep. Michael McKeon, who was also in Laverne and Shirley. So a lot of... Uh, a lot of mishmash things yeah. there, yep, for sure. And uh, I, this is part of my miscellaneous for later, but I'm pretty sure her brother, Gary, did her a favor, and I guess she didn't have a... She didn't have that role filled, and it would have been expensive if she got somebody else, mm-hmm. but he did it as a kind of a favor. Which I'm so glad he did. He played that role so well. What do you mean? What do I mean? I love that line. <laughs> We're winning yeah. the war. We don't need them anymore. Send them have that, Send the men into the kitchens? Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he played that part really well. Yeah, he, he's, got a, a he's, he's got a great voice. Um, mm-hmm. But so uh, so that's your number that that's uh, your number uh, my number two your number one yeah but that the, the whole drama of it all like Dottie coming back after kind of like saying she was gonna leave and then she's you know the whole you look like shit Jimmy don't you ever shave and then just like the the look of expression in his face he's just he's like we're gonna win later on he has like he, later on when she's when they're leaving he has a little bit of shave yeah his the, tissue on him so looks yeah. like he did try to shave mm-hmm. after that which is a funny little like Easter egg there that is really cute um, uh, but I, I think I love the scene the most where like. You know, Dottie's leaving, and Kit's like, "Just when I want you to stay, you're leaving." Yeah, it's like finally they're like close again, and then yeah. it's you know, but but Kit finally gets her spot. She gets her little moment of glory, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it ends. And it's you know, these are just like three scenes out of so many that we could have said. Like, I also love the scene in the beginning of you know. John Lovett's character coming to like scout them or scout Dottie and like he grabs her arm and the whole like oh really you're a pitcher like and, and he didn't even have to see her play to know like he should whatever let them tag along but yeah them running for the train um them going to see Marla um the seats <coughs> all the scenes with Miss poor Miss Cuthbert oh yeah yeah I loved you in The Wizard of Oz Mr. She, Gustatelli shan't be returning. I've never seen a woman throw up that much. I feel bad. She's like a, such a doomed character. I felt so bad. I know. She went through so much. She really did. We're going to poison Miss Cuthbert's dinner. Yep. Um, so let's jump over to our uh, worst part of the film. I actually didn't have anything listed. I don't think there's anything in this movie that like bugs me to no end. I think they do everything right. I guess one person could say that oh the fact that there's no african americans in the league is annoying but and that is annoying but they made the film as accurate as possible it's part of my miscellaneous and they were really and because of how accurate they made the movie they were sure to put that scene in yeah where that black woman throws the ball back and she's like ow to -hmm. show that like you know even at this time i'm pretty sure jackie robinson in 1942 had already desegregated major league baseball Mm. He was like the first black player 
it's desegregated now, mm-hmm. but still in the women's league there was some still segregation, I believe. But um, it was very accurate, and I like that they threw that little scene in there. That's like, no, 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 no. Like there's a lot of talented people out there, and they're not just white. Right. Um, but other than that, there's really nothing I have. How about you? Um, for me, so now I know I know they made a TV series based on a league of their own called League of Their Own. Um, and a, a lot more had come out that apparently there was, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, gay characters or gay people in the league. And I feel like that wasn't really touched upon at all in the movie. And right. um, I, I, I think I did read somewhere that Penny Marshall kind of didn't really want to delve too much into that. Maybe because she, I don't know. I don't know. I truly don't know why you know, she chose back that. Back in but... 1992, it might have not been the best solution to Maybe do something like that. Maybe she thought it or... would be best in her interest. But I will say this. I do love Penny Marshall. I don't know. I, I If you enjoy, uh, you know, Laverne and Shirley, and anything that she was part of, I recommend reading her book, uh, My Mother Was Nuts. It's actually a really good book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, that's that's my only negative is yeah. that I think that maybe they could have but, but if maybe for the time and it didn't feel right, then that's her prerogative. But right. I, I guess, I don't know if, if and when I'll get a chance to watch the series, but I, I'm curious to see what... I'd like to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Cool. Uh, let's go to our gold, silver, and bronze. Sure. And uh, who is your bronze? So my bronze is a three-way tie. <laughs> um, and I gave that to Madonna... Rosie O and Megan Cavanaugh who played Marla because I feel like of, of the team like those characters just kind of stand out that you know I thought that Madonna uh, Rick was right this is the best role she has had up to this point and further I, you know I, there's no really other movie where I'm like oh my god Madonna but like she's really good in Evita and she's really good have you seen Evita? yeah she's good in Evita and she's good in um, Dick Tracy but this I think is her best role yeah for sure um, and then Rosie O'Donnell, like, I, there is the scenes where she gets kind of emotional. There's the scenes where, um, you know, she's just kind of silly and goofy. And I think she just kind of played her part really well. Well, the character originally was written, I think, the original um, Doris. I th- Doris, I think, was originally supposed to be, like, kind of a sex symbol, like Madonna, from what I read. Really? But then when Rosie O'Donnell got the part, they're like, let's mold it more to her personality. That makes more sense. Yeah. It would have been weird if they... <laughs> they both were, like, super, super, super sexy, but Rosie O'Donnell got the part. And... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then Marla's character, I thought, you know... She was all supposed to be a sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Marla... I don't even know. Uh, kitchen's possessed. That's fine. Marla Hooch. What a hitter. A lot of night games. Um, gracefully and grandfully. A woman reveals nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. Uh, but yeah, I thought those three characters, uh, all the actresses that played them, I thought did a really good job in yeah, those roles. Absolutely. How about you? What's your bronze? My bronze goes to Penny Marshall. I think that she, despite the fact that we talk about like the homosexual aspect of like what the league really probably was, despite that fact, I think she nailed the the tone of the film was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I liked the way it was shot. The way it was filmed was all really, really good. I didn't have any problems with really any of that sort of area of the film I thought she uh, she did I did, she did a really, really great job I mm-hmm. think she you know helped cast the film really well it was her direction and it's very successful yeah so props to Penny Marshall mm-hmm. what is your silver so I'm gonna just piggyback off of you Penny Marshall uh, and Lori Petty as Kit were my silver because number one you're right Penny Marshall did a really good job putting this film together 
she casted it beautifully. Um, her own f flesh and blood is in the movie and has one of my favorite scenes. And I think that she just did a really good job, you know, putting this together. And then Lori Petty, I thought, you know, really encapsulated this character. You know, I, I felt for her and, you know, being like a younger kid and like your older sibling is, you know, outshining you in every which way. And you can just see the struggle throughout the whole film up until the very end where like she's sobbing, you know, during the game, uh, you know, and, the, and like she's just like her, her teammates like, come on, you're just you just got to like you just got to hit like, let's go. Like, yeah. what's wrong? Like, Shake what's wrong up. with let's you? Go. But like, you can't even imagine what she's possibly going through in her mind. And did then, you say anything, did they say anything about me? Yeah, sure did. They said that uh, they didn't even want you. Like, how fucked up. Yeah. Like, so she really took all of that. Like, even being traded, like, I can't imagine oh, how she must have felt. Oh, what an awful feeling, yeah. Especially, you know, she's already really pissed off and, like, really upset. And then she gets fucking traded. It's like... Yeah, like, they trade you, Miss Star, Miss Perfect. Perfect. Has anyone seen my new red hat? <laughs> oh, piss on your hat. My number two goes to Gina Davis. Yeah. She's my silver... Um, she's excellent. She did, she's just a pleasure to watch on screen. Mm -hmm. She's also beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she's just stunning. And any movie that she's in, I am glad that she's in it. Mm -hmm. She's just somebody who I just enjoy from this to Beetlejuice and from other movies I've seen her in. Like, what other movies? There's a few others I've definitely <laughs> seen her in. I can't think of them on the top of my Have head. Have you ever seen uh, Earth Girls Are Easy? That with Jim Carrey. And uh, J J what's his face? John... Goldblum? No, Jeff. Jeff Goldblum. Was. I remember me and Steve always argue about Jim Carrey. We're like, who knows more of Jim Carrey's work? And he always used to be like, do you know? Do you even know girls, girls are easy? And I'm like, <laughs> give me a break, Steve. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> Steve. But yeah, Gina Davis is excellent. She really carries the film. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's my silver. How about you? Um, so again, I'm going to piggyback off of you for my gold. And that is to the lovely Gina Davis and also tying with Tom Hanks, which I know I'm pretty sure is now your gold but um yeah no I thought both of them did a fantastic job playing these characters uh you know Gina Davis from the very beginning like it's just she's she plays such a sweet person she really just wants to make everyone else happy you know she would not have joined this league it had it not been for her sister right and she even specifically says like I didn't even want to be here god damn it like I, I I'm literally only here for you and you know right so I think she just did such a good job playing this role. And then Tom Hanks, of course, was just, you know, I don't think at this point we had seen him play a role like this. He had only been like kind of that goofy, cute, uh, you know, lovable character, whether it be like Splash or um, what Joe versus the Volcano Big, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But, um, you know, now we're kind of seeing him be a dick. We're kind of seeing him be um, like a drunk. Uh, and... Every single one of his scenes. I, we could have mentioned so many of his scenes. Like, did I ever tell you look like a little penis with a hat on? Yeah, there's a lot of great little quotes in there, for yeah. sure. You crying? There's, yeah, you've already done this in Spanish. In Spanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the part where he... Um, and I, I did it, and I waved my little hat, and I, and I did that. So when am I going to get paid? Like, yeah. The, that, like, cough of the, the tobacco on his shoe, everything. Yep. Oh, that oh yeah when we all were watching you just scratch your balls for an hour <laughs> yeah it's no surprise that this that Tom Hanks is my is my gold yeah um he's fantastic yeah I mean is there any movie that you watch where you're like I really didn't enjoy Tom Hanks I know lately I think that Elvis movie which I haven't seen a lot of people had a problem with either his performance or something like that I guess he was like a villain <clears throat> but I think Tom Hanks is just 
he's excellent. Like everything he's in, like he has so many fun little one-liners and little, mm-hmm. little quips. And he's definitely um, like, as far as you know, uh, male actors go, he's definitely one who's stand the test of time. For the most yeah, part. I think if Tom Hanks is not in somebody's list of like top twenty actors of all time, like there's a problem there. Like he's done enough work to show that he is like number. He's up there. Yeah, he's really up there. He's, and uh, yeah. I love his arc too. I love the fact that he becomes like somebody who's caring. Yeah, and a lot less of, a, of an asshole and stuff. And uh, that he and, decides to stay with the the girls. Yeah, he gets a, a job coaching AAA, which is like the step below major leagues. But he decides to stick with the women's league, which is so cool to see. <laughs> which is awesome. I love the fact also that his character at the very end in the Hall of Fame, you see like his photo and he yeah. died in 1987, but he hit 58 home runs in one season for the Chicago Cubs, which is insane. Um, the record is now, I think, 73. Wow. But That's... the Barry Bonds, who was definitely a steroid user, mm-hmm. before that was 70, Mark McGuire, steroid user. Mm-hmm. 62 was Roger, uh, I'm sorry, 61 Roger Maris, who's... The guy, people still think to this day that Roger Maris has the record because he wasn't on steroids. So 61, mm-hmm. Babe Ruth had 60, Jimmy Dugan 58. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, and Jimmy Dugan was definitely based on um, uh, Jimmy Fox and mm-hmm. a few other players, I think, combined. But uh, also maybe Mickey Mantle, who was a drunk at Avoid one point. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Let's go, right, boys. But yeah, Tom Hanks is definitely my gold. <laughs> Let's move on. I also definitely think he had a crush on Dottie. There was, I think I have... Some sexual tension. There was, they, they actually did want to do that whole thing. They wanted to do a romance and Penny Marshall was like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get wrapped up in a romance here. Like it's, it's yeah. not really the movie I'm making. I so. think, I think she played it just right. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. Yeah. They, they, leaving little hints and like something might be there. Yeah. That's good enough. I love the part where um, Bob is finally in the picture again and um, I'm a big fan of you yeah I'm a big fan of you I love that it's such an awkward thing to say too <laughs> Bill Pullman's so good he's just like huh. yeah okay I know and that's a, I feel like that was kind of a strange part for just Bill Pullman to show up but, but he part, played it off really but well. part of miscellaneous is I think he, he did it as like a favor to Penny, to Penny Marshall yeah I guess he was friends with her nice um, but let's jump over let's jump to our you know let's do miscellaneous before we do recast okay um, I have quite a few miscellaneous things. Okay, should I go through a few of mine just in case you it's any repeats? Because I feel like I never have. Sure, any. go for it. Yay. Okay. So I said I already did the um, Tracy Reiner is Betty Spaghetti. So yeah, she's also the adopted daughter of Rob Reiner. So that wasn't her birth father, but he adopted her, which I thought was really sweet. Um, and then also the character Shirley Baker, the one who doesn't know how to read, yep. is the oldest of the Cusack siblings. So Joan Cusack. John Cusack. I said John. I think I said Joan. Did I say Joan? You said Joan. Okay. Joan and John. Joan and John. Joan and John. Joan and John. <laughs> and then I'm sure there's others, but I, I don't know their names. Um, and then there's one of the Racine players who played on first base was Taya Leone. Yep. Who was uh, in quite a few Fun movies. Fun with Dick and Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane. Yep. Uh, Spanglish. With um, oh. Adam Sandler. Spanglish, of course. Hey, I watched that movie and I enjoyed it. Um, oh, and then any bruise I think that you see in the movie, they were all actually like real, like that giant bruise that you see on... Uh, she had it for like a year or something. Renee Coleman, I think her name is. Yep. Um, that was a real bruise that she had for apparently over a year. Yep, yep. Which I, I thought was outrageous. That was the biggest bruise. Yeah. That's of course one of my miscellaneous as well. Is like a lot of the bruises they got were real, and they actually they played baseball. Yeah, 
It must have been like a blast, but also like a real but like in the heat. There's a very, 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 very hot. Mm. You know, baseball is not an easy sport to play, especially when you think of like you're not playing three times a week. You're playing every fucking day as a game. And some of them double headers. Double headers, right? yeah. Yep. So that's crazy. Is that all your miscellaneous? Yeah. All right. Um, during filming of the World Series games, stars took turns entertaining the unpaid extras. Tom Hanks did puppet shows over the dugout. Rosie O'Donnell did stand-up comedy. And various actors pretended to be Madonna and sang her <laughs> songs after the singer balked at performing for the fans. Because Madonna's clearly a bitch. Yeah. All right. Let's see. She looks like a monster now, so it fits. For the famous split catch, Gina Davis had to have a stunt double slide into the split. Although Davis could do the splits, as shown, she couldn't slide into it. That seems difficult. Yeah, it seems very difficult. Um, the storyline uh, was inspired by the career of baseball legend Dottie Collins. During uh-huh. World War II, she played for the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and pitched 17 shutouts during her six-year career, wow. which means she was a pitcher. Uh, you would say the strawberry bruise Renee Coleman received on her thigh while sliding into a base remained for over a year. Mm-hmm. The characters at the Baseball Hall of Fame and seen playing as the credits roll are real original players from the league portrayed in the film. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Not even Tom Hanks knew when he was going to be done peeing. <laughs> Penny Marshall was in a stall with a hose and a bucket making the noise. That's so Tom just pee. had to like act to the to the noise she was making. Yeah. She's like, oh. he's like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. How been long, a... May? How long? Shut up. There must have been a lot of fun filming. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dolores. Pickles Dries, the lady in the Cooperstown bleachers who referred to Dottie as the best player in the league, was a pitcher for the Rockford Peaches from 1952 to 1954. Aww. It's because she only played one year. <laughs> um, actresses auditioning for the film had to prove they could play baseball. All the actresses cast in the film, apart from Gina Davis, did their own baseball stunts. None of the performers wanted stunt doubles. That's really cool. Um... John Lovitz had a more substantial role in the film's initial cut. During the extensive post-production editing and screen process, screening process, the filmmakers used only his meanest comments and most obvious punchlines and found the audience was roaring with laughter at everything he said. They decided to focus on just those moments, cut out ex- extra material, and ended up with one of the most popular elements of the final film. <laughs> That's hilarious. Gina Davis joined the production as a late replacement for Deborah Winger, a few days before filming was due to start. Her character was supposed to be one of the greatest female baseball players in America, and the cast had been doing baseball training for months. Mm-hmm. Within weeks, Gina Davis had mastered the game and was better than all of her co-stars. Wow. That's insane. John Levitz was so into... Sorry. <coughs> John Levitz was so into one scene that he didn't notice a cow giving birth off-camera while filming. Will you shut up? <laughs> the, fa- the farm named the cow after Marshall. Um, Lori Petty was the only girl on a boys team growing up. Definitely a tomboy. That's cool. Uh, let's see here. The movie's line, There's No Crying in Baseball, was voted as the 54th greatest quote of all time by the American Film Institute. Let's see what else I got. The studio wanted Jimmy and Dottie to get together. There was even a kiss at one point. But Penny Marshall didn't want to distract audiences with a love story, so it was cut. She made a good decision. Lori Petty auditioned eight times for the role of Kit, including once at the director Penny Marshall's apartment. Wow. Uh, Lori Petty and Rosie O'Donnell were the two best players in a hitting competitions. Cool. Oh, hitting too. Yep. Kit. Yep. 
Tom Hanks gained 30 pounds in preparation for his role. He attributed the weight he gained to a nearby Dairy Queen. <laughs> All during filming, Penny Marshall encouraged Hanks to keep on eating. Meanwhile, she had told Rosie O'Donnell to eat as little as possible. <laughs> Poor Rosie. Uh, Lori Petty had to constantly bite her tongue to stop laughing uh, during her scenes with John Levitt to the point where she bled. Oh, jeez. Hate when they get attached like that. <laughs> oh, dry your eyes. <laughs> um, Gonna go home and give the wife a little pickle tickle. Yep. Uh, so, originally, apparently, uh, the part that her brother Gary played, Penny Marshall's uh, Gary, um, as Walter Harvey, was originally supposed to be Christopher Walken. But she couldn't afford him, so she gave it to her brother. I prefer yeah. Gary Marshall. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do I mean? I can't do Christopher. Yeah, it. no. Just, just, no. Women's baseball? I can't do Christopher Walken at all right now. Oh, my God. <coughs> Not that I can do it regularly. We're sick. We'll go about <laughs> When John Lovitz found out Madonna had checked into their hotel room under a pseudonym, he also registered under one Edna Poedidu. <laughs> Poedidu. Poedidu. Um, let's see here. Let's see. I already talked about the the colored women in baseball a- uh, aspect of it. Tom Hanks said this is his favorite movie he's ever made. Mm. Uh, Pill Pill yeah Pill Bullman. Bill <laughs> Pullman took the role of Bob as a favorite of Penny Marshall. I mentioned that before. And let's oh, see. Pill. Tom Hanks thought he was too young to be believable as Jimmy Dugan, but Penny Marshall said Dugan wasn't supposed to be old. He was just supposed to be injured and washed up. Brooke Shield was offered the, the lead female role, but after the writer's strike in 1988, Shield was written out to be replaced by Deborah Winger. However, Winger also backed out, and the part then went to Gina Davis. I'm glad uh, it didn't. It's also noted that, that Winger also left left the role as soon as Madonna was cast, so don't know if there was a, 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 a tiff or a beef. Uh, one of my favorite things here, Marissa Tomei filmed an audition tape of her playing baseball being coached by Joe Pesci on the set of My Cousin Vinny. That is... Came out the same year. Freaking amazing and adorable. But according to Penny Marshall, uh, she just wasn't a ball player. And oh. Some people have it, some people don't. But I think Marissa Tomei would have would have been a great um, uh, May. Um, I would have loved her as May. Yep. Madonna worked at least as hard as everyone else, but still struggled with some of the more technical aspects of the game. Her character May had to be moved from third base to the outfield because she couldn't master fielding ground balls. Not easy. Gina Davis really does catch a pop-up behind her back. It was supposed to be done by a stunt double, but the double was having trouble, so Gina gave it a go and worked. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, the studio wanted Dottie to save Jimmy from his drinking, so Penny just threw the scene in here and, and had to give us a soda. <coughs> Excuse me. Sean Young and Demi Moore were both considered for Dottie. Moore even signed on for the part, but had to back out because she became pregnant. Uh, Penny Marshall remarked that Bruce literally screwed her out of the part, referring to Moore's <laughs> then husband, Bruce Willis. That's hilarious. Um, let's see here. I think it went to the right person. Tom Hanks was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame the same week the movie premiered. And to be sure that. This that's a picture. Oh, um, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, the same. I mean, Tom Hanks. What? Nineteen ninety three or ninety two? He had a, a star already. He hadn't done Philadelphia. He hadn't done Forrest Gump. He hadn't done any of those movies. He already had a walk. A star on the Hall Walk of Fame. He had done a lot up to that point. I, I think. know, but uh, to lighten the mood on the set in between takes, Gina Davis suggested that the cast perform songs from Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Good choice. Let's see, you get a couple more. Tom Hanks says it was a male fantasy to, uh, to have all my teammates to be a bunch of chicks. 
Um, okay, this this is this is this pisses me off. What? According to a handwritten letter she wrote to photographer Stephen Meisel, Madonna was miserable during production. This is what she said. I cannot suffer any more than I have in this past month. Learning how to play baseball with a bunch of girls, yuck. In Chicago, double yuck. <laughs> I have a tan, I'm dirty all day, and I hardly ever wear makeup. Penny Marshall, Laverne. Gina Davis is a Barbie doll. And when God decided where the beautiful men were going to live in this world, he did not choose Chicago. I have made a few friends, but they are all athletes, not actresses. They have done nothing on the house of extravaganza. I wish I could come to New York. Madonna, fuck you, you fucking diva. <laughs> That's okay. You look like a monster now. Yeah, you look a fucking beast. You look so scary. You're all plastic, Madonna. Stop showing your boobs on Instagram. Nobody cares. Keep living in the material world. Bitch. <laughs> Marissa Tomei would have done a better job. During Even though you're my bronze. <laughs> dur during initial development, Jim Belushi was set to play Jimmy Dugan. Wow. And Laura Dern was cast in the role of Dottie Henson. Originally. Interesting. Yep. And let's see if I have a few other things. Yep, Madonna co-wrote the theme song for the... For the this this used, used to be, to my, playground, be my playground. For which she was nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Uh, that is all I got. Sorry for all the miscellaneous I had. I had a lot of fun facts. That's good. Uh, let's jump over to our favorite part of the show, and that is recasting. I have Jimmy Dugan, Dottie Henson, Kit Keller, Mae Mortobito, and Doris Murphy. So I just got uh, Jimmy, Kit, and Dottie. And I'm not, I'm not completely sold on my cast. I, I just, right. I had a tough time this week, but... I, I, you know what? I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna stand by my cast. I'll whatever. do. I'll do my May and Doris together then. Okay. Because they're kind of a team, you know. Yeah, for sure. My May is Florence Pugh. I think she's gorgeous, and I think she could pull the part off. And I think that she's done a lot of roles where she's been kind of like sweet and nice. And I think it'll mm -hmm. be fun to see her a little bit more diva esque. Okay. Um, and I like her face for the role too, uh, especially the part where she's like, uh, "Nobody's shutting me down." I feel like she could pull that off really well. I can see that. Her my Doris Murphy is Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I so think she might be a little too old at this point. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bit old, but I. I, I she's a bit old. But I, I, th I like it Nothing though. Nothing again. I mean, hey, you know what? They're de-aging Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones Five. They de-aged Robert De Niro. Well, he, he's still his character. They can so. de-age Melissa McCarthy if she's too fucking old. Okay. Well, give us some makeup. Don't you start with me, G. <laughs> Don't start. Okay, I, I, I accept. All right, who is your Kit Keller? Um, so my Kit Keller is someone that we saw, I think, in a horror film recently. Uh, Mia Goth. This kid? Yeah. Okay. I can see. I mean, I, I think she's an unconventional beauty. I don't think that, like, she's uh, like a Brooke Shields or a, um, you know, somebody else like that. I think she, <laughs> I think she's too pretty for the role. Really? Yeah. I'm not I saying Kit. I'm not, like I'm not said, saying. I'm not saying the Kit. Uh, uh, Kit, the actress plays because ugly by any means. I'll, but... I'll be honest. The only person that I'm really sold on in my cast is my Jimmy. <laughs> okay. So well, that's my Kit Keller might be a little bit weird too. Yeah. Who's but your Kit? I have Maisie Williams. Um, she's definitely interesting. She's English, but I feel like she's like I said. Like I think she's beautiful. I think she could pull but off. You, an you take the makeup off. I think she she. I feel like she's a she would be a good younger sister who's kind of trying to follow. I can see that. I almost. Um, I'm gonna cross out mine and put yours because I like yours. You don't have to do that. No one's gonna see it. Well, I'm do. I'm okay. Fine. All right. Who is your Dottie Henson? Um. So I don't. I I think you'll only know this person from one movie, and uh, that is Olivia Thirlby. Uh, you you saw the movie Juno, right? Yes, long she time was, ago. Okay, she was the one who was like her best friend. I don't remember that at all. Okay, well, that's who that is. Okay. 
Uh, Who's your daddy? My daddy goes to Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I needed somebody who has a strong, can give a strong performance. And I also thought of her in The Hunger Games. She has a younger sister, mm-hmm. and she takes charge a lot. <laughs> like, <coughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's you. I like your cast. Jennifer Lawrence, actress picture can, can catch a ball with her bare hand mm-hmm. and kind of be a little bit more prominent. And I like her and Maisie Williams, kind of an older say, sister, younger sister. I, I can kind of see like a relation in their face too. Their facial structures, I think, match. Yeah. So I, that's really good. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, I'd like to copy and paste yours to mine, and then I'd stick with my All right, well, let's see, let's see, let's see your, uh, your Dimmy Jugan. <laughs> <laughs> my Dimmy Jugan <laughs> is uh, someone who I've seen in a few roles. Um, he's played a coach before in another show that I really loved growing up uh, called Smallville. Um, and he was also on another show that I really loved growing up, and... Uh, which is funny. The re- so when I had my first boyfriend ever and I was obsessed with this show, Supernatural, um, I would be almost upset when he would call sometimes when the show, like, was there was a new episode on. And uh, that no was DVRs my... No DVRs back then. Right. And that was my hint then that I was like, maybe maybe he's not the one. And I only stopped watching that show when I started dating Derek. So uh, that goes to Mr. Jensen Ackles. Ah, who Jensen, plays the Jensen Ackles, okay. older brother on Supernatural. Gotcha. I think Rick used him in one episode yeah. once. I, I, I really, I, you did too, I think, because I think I suggested him. Yeah. I don't really know much of his work, but I think I saw, <coughs> I saw his face and I was like, yes. I, he can definitely play off that like annoyed uh, coach who's getting angry for no reason. Right. Well, not for no reason, but just overly or overtly angry. But who is your Jimmy Dugan? I have a one and I have a two. So you can, if you want to, you can pick which one you like. It's two... Very different actors. Yeah. So it would be two diff- different Jimmy Dugans. Um, you're used to seeing Tom Hanks, used to hearing his voice. Right. But I'm not going there. I'm going somewhere else with that a little bit. So this is kind of the second one that I chose. That, Go on. That, so this is my runner-up, would be uh, Steve Carell. And I just thought it would be funny for him to be just constantly drunk. Like, I don't care. Like, he'd have a hat on holding his head, and he's like, just do whatever you want. Like, I don't care. Like... I think he would bring something different to the role. Not that that's like needed, because I love mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. But I just thought it'd be fun to see Steve Carell, because I, I I do like him in the office when I see him just being a dick. Yeah, and he's not really a good boss, mm-hmm. and I think he wouldn't be a very good coach either. He'd be like a washed up ball player who's mm-hmm. kind of a jerk. Um, I liked it, but I thought of somebody else who I could see, who's just the he he's he's an actor who. I, I guess at this point he's kind of a chameleon. In every movie, he kind of looks different. He acts different. He's got a different accent. He's I the love he's the king of accents. This guy. I mean, just based on like Peaky Blinders, uh, things like that. And that's uh, Tom Hardy. I thought it'd be really you, you're you're stuck on the Tom Hardy. List, I just thought it'd be I, really it'd be really fun to see him be also like. Plus, his, but I, yeah. if you look at Tom Hardy's face, he looks like a '40s ball player. Yeah, no, for sure. Have we heard him be American? Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm like wait a minute. Yeah, The Dark Knight. Right? Oh, wait a minute. I don't know if this is American or not. I don't think it is. But I I, I prefer your Tom Hardy. I think Steve Carell might be a little too old. Are you crying? There's no crying. Can you do that part in Spanish with also Bane? (laughs) Estas Lorando? No Adelanto. No Adelanto is baseball. (laughs) It's baseball. I I think originally, I think Bane is from like Spain. Huh. I think Bane is supposed to be Spanish. Interesting. But I think if you if you go to the original trailers what and if, listen to the original trailer, you can't understand a word he's saying. So they had to refilm all of his dialogue. What if it was Pedro Pascal? 
As Bane. As Bane? Oh, I think he meant as Jimmy Dugan. No. He's far too <laughs> Spanish to be Jimmy Dugan. Did anybody ever tell you that you look like a penis under a hat on? Still well get away from me. You're too you're too close of my close quarters. <laughs> anyway. By the way, I loved you in the Oz of the Wizard. <laughs> you don't have to say it backwards, Pedro. Oh, <laughs> man. That's it. Pedro Pascal's my Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> Good choice. We're going to win! <laughs> um, all right. Fun recast. That's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Me too. Now, let's talk about the Oscars a bit, because I don't think this did anything at the Oscars. And it's kind oh, of sh- really? I don't think it did. I mean... That I find shocking. Same. So, let me just make sure I have the right Oscars here. The 65th Academy Awards, award ceremony for films in 1992. Okay. Best Picture was won by Unforgiven. Uh, Runner-ups, The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Scent of a Woman. So Unforgiven wins that. Uh, mm. Do we think A League of Their Own belongs up here? Yes. I think they, they deserve a nomination. I, so I love too. this movie. Me too. Uh, I'm going to leave in a few good men, mainly because Rob Reiner's part of it. Um, they were probably both working at, it, uh, at these movies at the same time. You can't handle the truth. You knew it was the wrong hole. You're goddamn right I did. Rob my favorite, My favorite meme of all time. His, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, his di- directorial film choices are quite broad, I find. Right. Well, I don't want to touch... Scent of a Woman, because I do enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. The Crying Game is... I think... I, is that the one where the guys are... Oh, Billy. I'm pretty sure that's The Crying I Game. I don't know. Oh, Billy. And then what's Howard's End? I'd take out Howard's End, because I have no idea what that is. But It I'm, looks like Helena Bottom Carter. Oh, shit. But... I do like me some uh, HBC. All right, Howard's End. We're going to replace you with A League of Their Own. <coughs> Best Director. Won by Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven. Uh, nominations were Neil Jordan for The Crying Game, James Ivory for Howard's End, Robert Altman for The Player, and Martin Brest for Scent of a Woman. Hmm. Uh, I almost said Martin Scent and Brest of a Woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Penny Marshall. I mean, there's no females up there. I know. I wonder, do they even do that? Is that all in, all in one, even for the time? Like I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not best male director. That's also true. So, I mean, I'm fine with her not being there. Just I'm to, not. Want to replace it? I do. All right. Uh, since we already got rid of Howard's End, we're getting rid of the James Ivory for director. Penny Marshall's in. Bye, James. Best actor. Won by Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman. Yeah, he can keep it. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. Uh, nominations were Robert Downey Jr. in Chaplin, Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven, Stephen Rhea in The Crying Game, Denzel Washington in Malcolm X. Hmm. Um, is Tom Hanks best actor here or is he best supporting actor? I think he's best supporting actor because okay. the story's not about him. All right. And the best uh, best actress winner was Emma Emma Thompson for Howard's End. Uh, Catherine Deneuve for Indochine. Mary McDonnell for Passion Fish. Huh. Michelle Pfeiffer for Love Field. And Susan Sarandon for Lorenzo's Oil. Huh. I've heard a lot of these movies. Same. Um... Best actress, Gina Davis. What do we think? I, I think she was great, but I don't know if it was if it's if it's an Oscar worthy role. Maybe not, okay. but I, I think I think the the ensemble as a whole was definitely what kind of. Well, there's no the best way. ensemble, GSO. No, I am aware. That's why I said no. All right, so. best supporting actor, 
Gene Hackman in Unforgiven, Jay Davidson for The Crying Game, Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, Al Pacino for Glengarry Glen Ross, David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night. So Pacino was nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting. He won Best Actor for two different movies. Wow. Um, Impressive. Do we think Tom Hanks should be here? It's definitely memorable. For sure. I don't know. Who would we replace him with? I don't know. I'm not replacing him with Nicholson or Pacino. Gene Hackman wins, playing little Bill Daggett. I like it. I'm um, fine with it, honestly. Okay. Best Supporting Actress won by Marissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny. Nice. Playing Mona Lisa Vito. Uh, nominations were Judy Davis for... Hus- question. Sorry. <laughs> Judy Davis for Husbands and Wives. Joan Plowright for Enchanted April. Wow, she got a nomination. Good for uh, Vanessa Redgrave for Howard's End and Miranda Richardson for Damage. Hmm. Um, I don't know a lot of these movies either. Um... But so I don't think there's a best supporting actress for me here for Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. Yeah, no, I'm good. Madonna. Madonna. What's your favorite Madonna album? Uh, best screenplay, nothing here. Best screenplay, do 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 do. League of Their Own, I don't see nothing. Best foreign film, best documentary. Uh, best original score, nothing here. Best original song. I was going to say, speaking of original song... Um, well, she got nominated for a Golden Globe, but it didn't make it for... Interesting. Yeah, Best Sound, Best Art Direction. I don't see anything for A League of Their Own. I'm surprised I didn't get any nominations whatsoever. I would always get the score for this movie confused with um, the the breakdown in Layla. Remember? I don't know how you can confuse them. It's just the way that the the tone of the score goes. I remember like humming it one day as Layla, and you were like, "No, you're off by something." Oh yeah. But yeah, so that's the Oscars. Uh, no nominations for League of Their Own, but we did enter some in ourselves, which is nice. Always nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, what are we eating with this movie? I wrote we're gonna eat some ballpark franks. Okay. And some peanuts. Get your peanuts. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Have you ever had a Cracker Jack before? Yes. You are a Cracker Jack. You're a Cracker Jack. Okay. I like the little prize inside. But yeah. It's usually like a little ring. <laughs> a little, yeah. little Dakota ring. A Dakota ring. Um, yeah, I'm fine with the hot dogs. Let's do... I don't know what it is, but ballpark frames, when you have one at a game, it just hits differently. It's just like you just crave hot dogs when you get there. I wouldn't know. I've never been to a game before. When you're sitting there in the, in the heat and with a bunch of people next to you and you're like, I'm th- people, all you can smell is beer and all you want to do is eat a hot dog. I don't know what it is. Interesting. It's just an aroma you want. Sounds like a fun time. I think I want hot dog cologne. That's not a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Um, all right, G, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. You're going to tell us why A League of Their Own is the greatest movie ever fucking made. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm just kidding. That was Fire in the Forest by Derek Smith. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right, so this is just a really cool movie just to see, you know, these awesome ladies accomplish, you know, so much in a time and a space where typically it was being run by a man. And they were tough ladies. They really had to go through a lot. Um, it was a really great story about sisters going through a whole lot, but... All of the actors in the film did such a great job. The director was great. Check it out. It's a great movie. All right. 25 seconds. Huh. Nicely done. Thank you. Let's talk about what, what do we learn from this movie? Is there a lesson that we learned from A League of Their Own? Um, the lesson I got was don't underestimate the power of women or the love of your sibling. Okay. Yeah. I buy it. 
<clears throat> I buy both of those things um, for sure. I think the lesson learned also would be... Not to give up, too. Don't give up. Um, I think if you stick with something long enough, you might see rewards as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Jimmy Dugan finally figuring out that these are... You know, when he does his little prayer, and he's like, these are good girls. <laughs> like, he realizes that, yeah, they're people. Like, they're they're successful, they're, they're hardworking, and I think mm-hmm. that he realizes that. And I think that, like, don't give up. Yeah. Keep going. You know, see something out. See see something through until the end, unless it's toxic. Yeah. <clears throat> Which the girls could have left him, because he's toxic at first. But, um, but they all stuck through to the end. And they did. It was, even though they might not have won in the end, it definitely felt worth it because he said that he went back. I usually enjoy movies more when they when like the team or the person doesn't win in the end. Yeah. It almost makes me feel better. Of like, it's not the movie's not about winning. It's about togetherness and fighting and whatever making it through to the end yeah unlike the mighty ducks that always fucking win oh all right i don't know if you if y'all heard that that was the cracking of my neck and it was fantastic yes um what's coming up next so this is going to be this episode right here is dropping so this is thanksgiving um in a couple days which that'll be thanksgiving for you while you're listening while you're listening to this or after thanksgiving happy thanksgiving yep happy thanksgiving and (laughs) excuse me um, the next one will be December 1st. So I, instead of doing, I think there's five Decembers, five Thursdays in December, instead of doing all Christmas movies, we're going to do four Christmas movies, but the 1st of December... It's a fun one. We're going to do a comedy. We're going to do Step Brothers. I am very excited. That should be a lot of fun. It's a definitely a fun favorite comedy of mine. <laughs> this is horse shit! <laughs> I've run a carb since 2003. <laughs> All right, um, so that was A League of Their Own. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you, guys. Um, still plugging my band, The Cosmic Vultures, and the new single, Psychotherapy. Check them out. All streaming platforms. Check out our music video as well on YouTube. I'm um, in it. <laughs> also, check out my new single, Fire in the Forest. Just it's came awesome. out November 18th. Uh, check it out. It's already got 1,000 streams, doing very, very well. I appreciate everyone who's listened to it. And my You're album welcome. should be coming out next month. Uh, hopefully in uh, December, so look out for that. We're excited about it. The Greatest Album of All Time podcast. We just did an episode, uh, Revolver by the Beatles. It was a good one. And it was a lot of fun. Check that out. And uh, we'll be doing uh, another album soonish. I think we said it was going to be Pink Moon by Mick, by Nick Drake. By Mick Drake? By, by Big Big. Uh, Nick Drake. And uh, if you don't know who Nick Drake is, go to Spotify right now and listen to Nick Drake because he was yes. an incredible man. It's worth it, for um, sure. And... So that was a league of their own. We have uh, Step Brothers coming up soon, Ooh. and I have been the greatest deck Boski. And I've been the Jester. It's really hard not to do it in the Southern accent. And I have been the deck Boski. I've been the Jester. All right, thank you for listening, and remember, there's no fucking crying in baseball. Bye. <laughs>